Hi, this is Pastor Joshua Morocco, and you are listening to our King's Central Podcast. I hope you get encouraged. I hope the Word of God brings transformation to your life and empowers you. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the Word. How you guys doing tonight? You guys ready to ascend? All you graduates, you ready to ascend? Come on, someone say, I'm going to new heights. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Psalms, chapter 24, as we get into the word. Psalms 24, starting with verse 1. Psalms 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and all that's in it. The world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not lift his soul to idols. Nor swears deceitfully. He shall receive. This is awesome. Right here. He shall what? Receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from God the God of his salvation. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you open our ears to hear for every person here that is listening to the sound of my voice, let their ears be open to what you want to say. Lord, give us revelation and understanding. Give us wisdom and breakthrough in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You know, I, I started off this journey caring too much. And, you know, in the beginning, in the beginning of my climb, it actually really wasn't that bad. There's actually a lot of security because I knew I had certain things with me. But the more I began to climb, the more exhausted I became, the tougher it got. And I had to begin to make a decision. What am I going to take on this journey with me? What's worth it? Like, I, I actually had to decide, what, what, am I, what do I need to make it to the top and what do I truly need? What's worth carrying on this journey with me? And you know, if, if you never make those decisions, you'll never reach the top. Because can I tell you, there were moments, as you saw in that video, I just flat out got exhausted. Because it's, it's tiring carry certain weights that you're never meant to carry. It's exhausting trying to take things on our journey that we don't really think, well, we don't really need. We think we need them, but we don't really need them. And I, I want you to understand tonight, I, you know, I... Even as a pastor, I got some stuff. I got some stuff in my, my luggage. I, I, I got some stuff. I got some junk in my trunk. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got, anybody want to see what's in my luggage? You don't want to, you're like, I don't want to see the junk in your trunk. I don't know what you're talking about. Anybody want to see what's in my bag? Really? Are you serious? You guys don't want to see what's in my bag? Anybody want to see what's in my bag? All right, well, let's open up my bag. Let's see what's in it. First of all, the first thing I knew I had to bring with me is I had to bring a chair because I know there are moments that I was going to get tired. And so if I ever got tired, I had to have the ability to, to sit down. You know what I mean? But there's a problem when I sat down. There's a weight that came on me. And it was, hard, it was harder to get up than I could ever imagine because my feet hurt. I was tired. Can I tell you, a lot of times... The devil will use your exhaustion to keep you down. And it's almost like every devil in hell, every demon in hell is assigned to keep you down. To kind of, it's almost like I felt like there were chains on me. Because the last thing I want to do, man, I, my feet hurt, my legs hurt, I was tired, and I'm just like, I could just stay here for the rest of the day. The devil wants to do everything he can 
to keep you down. And one of the ways he'll do that is he'll just flat out make you lazy. He'll make you so tired that you get lazy. I don't want to go to prayer. I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I'm tired. Pastor, if you only, can I tell you how many people I've talked to? Pastor, if you only understood my schedule. I'm exhausted, Pastor. It took every ounce of energy in me to do the unthinkable, which was to stand back up. And some of you need to arise. Some of you need to stand back up. You've gotten too comfortable. You've been seated for far too long. And it's time to awaken. It's time to arise. Because this is a season to approach God. This is a season to get closer to God. Look, you, you don't need... I'm all about vacation. That's not what I'm talking about. I, I love Disneyland, right, Pastor Jaira? A whole new world. Anyway, sorry. Just came to my thinking and I just. You know, I'm not talking about vacation. Sometimes we think the solution, the answer is to take a vacation from God. And so we're like, I'm not going to seek the Lord how I normally sought him. You know, when I was desperate, when I desperately needed a miracle, man, it was easy to search after God. But, you know, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm just going to take a break from prayer. I'm not going to pray so much. I'm not going to read my words so much. I'm just going to take a spiritual hiatus. And you sit. But God's drawing us. He has new heights he wants to take you to. There's new depths in him that he wants to reveal to you. So my biggest problem was the chair. I decided to take the chair with me just in case I got tired. But the second one, this was, this was the other one, was my pillow. Can I tell you why I needed a pillow? I had a pillow in my suitcase. Can I tell you why I needed a pillow? Just in case I want to make things more comfortable. Because my trip is all about comfort. Right? Isn't it interesting how enamored with comfort we get? If it's uncomfortable, it must not be God. If it requires a stretch, it's not God. If, it, if there's some tension involved, if there's some issues, if it's uncomfortable, it, God is more concerned about my comfort. No, God is more concerned about your character and your faith and who he's developing you to be. And sometimes we get so passionate about our comfort that that's what we got to carry around. It becomes our precious, right? It's like, my son, my son, God bless him. My son will creep into my bed. He's nine years old. He will, he will crawl into my bed in the middle of the night, and he takes my pillows. And I wake up with a crick in my neck. And I get so, and it's like this fight for pillows, right? It's like it's so precious to me. Did you know Dr. Morocco will not go anywhere without his my pillow? He won't. He's got a my pillow in his suitcase. I'm not joking. It's that, it's that important. It's that valuable. What is it? It's your comfort. I got to make sure I'm comfortable. Friends, the journey that God has you on isn't always going to be comfortable. Sometimes it's going to cause you to stretch beyond what you think you can stretch. Because God wants to stretch you so that he can grow you. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. You guys ready for the next one? Can I show you the next one? The next thing I got in my suitcase. You guys ready for this? Oh, I like this one. Hold on, I got a microphone in my hand. I had to have my recreation, you know? Like, recreation is important. 
I gotta have my football. Anybody like here? Anybody here like playing football? Really? Catch that, please. Please catch it. Okay. <laughs> I would have been like lawsuit. Anyways. No, I wanted to make sure that I had my baseball mitt, I had my football, I had my different things, because just in case I needed to entertain myself, get some recreation, you know, I got to make sure I'm fit, and I, 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 I have my exercise. Can I tell you something that's unique? Did you know that Paul tells Timothy that physical exercise profits little? He didn't say it doesn't profit, he just says it profits little. And the unfortunate thing is I realized a deficiency in my life. I'd spend more time beyond popular belief, I would spend more time in the gym than I would in prayer. No, pastor, really? I know some of you are looking at me in my, my tight shirt going, really? Pastor, you lying. I know you lying. You look like you spent about five minutes on the treadmill with a donut. But you know, I, there's been times and seasons in my life I'll commit to work out in the gym, and I'm in gym for an hour and a half, but my prayer life is minuscule. And that which Paul the Apostle tells me profits me little, I put more emphasis on because I gotta, I gotta look good. Because if you know, as a pastor, if you don't look good, people don't respect you. And the, the worst part is it becomes more about my image than it becomes about my health. Because if I was really concerned about my health, I'd pursue God. If I was really concerned about my health, I'd realize that the health of my heart and my spirituality and my soul was actually just as valuable as the health of my physical body. I'm not saying that it's not important, but can I ask you a question? Are you spending more time playing football, playing basketball, doing recreation, watching the game? I've had people, I've had people in my church they call me, I call them up on a Monday and say, man, I really miss seeing you in church. Oh, man, Pastor, I'm so sorry, brother. The game was on. <clears throat> I'm like, have you ever heard of TiVo? Like, seriously, not Tim Tebow, TiVo. Have you ever heard of TiVo? Like, record the thing. No, but, you know, it's recreation. You know, Pastor, this is, this is important. All the boys coming over, I got to make sure the wings are just right, Pastor. We put an emphasis on recreation. We put an emphasis on our physicality, we put an emphasis on those things, and that stuff's important, friends. Hear me, I, I go to the gym, believe it or not, I go to the gym. But I better make sure that if I'm gonna commit myself to exercise physically, that I'm exercising spiritually. If I'm gonna build myself up physically, I need to build myself up spiritually. Anybody with me tonight? You guys wanna see what's next? This one's a good one. I don't know if you guys struggle with this one. I had to bring my computer screen. Right? I, had to, I had to bring my, my iPad and my laptop and my phone and my technology because I can't be separated from social media. God forbid that I don't respond to somebody on social media. They'll think that I died or something, right? God forbid that, you know, I'm not there to make sure somebody, somebody likes my post. You know what I mean? It's a good crazy. Got to make sure that I have this thing. This is so important. Can I, can I tell you, even as a pastor, one of my greatest weaknesses, can I be very transparent with you guys? Is that okay? I think all the time. Like my brain, I have a hard time shutting my brain off. Like that's one of my weaknesses. Like I can't shut my, I'm always thinking about stuff. And so the only way, because I don't do drugs, 
And the Bible, the Bible says not to get drunk because we have to hold every thought captive, right? So I don't drink alcohol. I don't get drunk. I don't do drugs. But can I tell you, I watch movies. Oh, I watch a lot of movies. I love me some movies. That's, and the, the funny part is people go, Pastor, I know, because you use a lot of movie quotes in your sermons. I'm like, I know. I'm guilty as charged. But, you know, the interesting thing is, oh, yeah, I don't get drunk. I don't, I don't drink alcohol. I don't do drugs. But that entertainment has become my drug. And I become dependent upon that at times to lull me to sleep, to cause my brain to, to rest. And I, the interesting thing is this. I actually think that I find rest and peace in this instead of God. That's what, can I, I'm being honest. I'm being transparent with you. That's one of my weaknesses. I'm, I come home after a long day of work. I'm like, baby, what movie are we going to walk? And she says, I was actually thinking about we go to a, for a walk. A walk? Ain't nobody going to want to walk in here. A walk. And the worst part is my kids. Daddy, what are we going to watch? Daddy, I want to watch. I want to watch. I wanna, it's a generational curse. You know, there, there's issues. Can I, I got, I got so, Siri rebuked me the other day. No, I'm not joking. Siri straight up rebuked me. Did you know that you can go on your phone and you can find out how much time you spend on your phone and where you're spending that time? And I'm thinking, you know, I'm all spiritual because I do my devotions on my phone and I have my Bible app and I have my devotions on there and everything. So I'm thinking in my mind, right, that the, the, the time that I spent is, is primarily on my Bible app and in my, my, my spiritual apps. And then, of course, because I'm a good pastor and I answer my phone calls, right, Shalia? I answer my phone calls. Shalia reminds me how I don't answer my phone calls, but that's because I'm always on the phone. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm always on the phone. And so, so I, look at, I look at my phone and I, I read my phone history and my activities. And I was on the phone that day for six hours. That's like a full-time job. I'm on my phone for like six hours, and then I'm like, okay, no, hold on. I'm spiritual. So like 80% of that was on my Bible and my phone, right? No. Like 3% was on my Bible. You can do the math. Maybe 20%, 30% was on my, everything else was on social media. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. I love what Rodney Howard Brown said. He said, you know, they came up with a brand new app. Did you guys know that? They combine YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. They call it U-Twitface. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. I like that one. That one's good. I remember thinking, I'm going to use that one day. I used it. There we go. All done. So this is the thing. A lot of us, just like I said in the video, a lot of us want the presence of God, but we want his presence on our terms and at our leisure. We want his presence on our terms. God, I want your presence like this and this time and this place. And I want your presence on our terms and at our leisure. But see, the, the thing that David gives us a revelation of in Psalm 24 is that God has a manner in which we're to approach him. I'll say that again. God has a manner in which we are to approach him. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you guys to see this because I, wanna, 
I want you to see the redundancies that exist within Scripture because when you see something said, the same thing said multiple times within Scripture, you should probably go, oh, whoa, 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 this is important. Listen, listen to uh, Psalms, Psalms 15, verse 1. Listen to this revelation. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend. He whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he who honors the Lord, he who fears the Lord, that's who gets to be in his presence. Isn't that incredible? But he honors those who fear the Lord. He honors those who fear the Lord. There's a manner in which we're to approach God. James, the brother of Jesus, in James 4, 7, listen to this. It says this. He, he reveals to us the manner in which we're to approach God. He says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. You see the parallel here between Psalms 24? Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Now, can we stop here for a moment? Because this, is, this sounds like a contradiction within Scripture, doesn't it? Because my Bible says that he turns my mourning to dancing and my sorrow to joy. No, 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 listen. That's what happens when you get in his presence. But James understands something. There's a process when we boldly approach the throne of grace. There's a process in which our life, in our life, in which is necessary for us to approach God. What is it? There's a humbling that must happen. There's a repentance that takes place. Turn your laughter into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And what? He will lift you up. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So can we look at this as I, I'm not going to take long in this passage because we're going to graduate some people tonight. We're going to turn some tassels. But can I encourage you, especially for all you graduates here tonight, please hear me. If you want the presence of God, it's imperative that you know how to pursue him. Not pursue him in the way which you feel is right, but in the way God has ordained for you to pursue him, in the manner in which God has called you to pursue him. So what is the revelation? What is the revelation that David, King David, has concerning the pursuit of God's presence? Number one, he says, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Those who, number one, have what? Clean hands. And a pure heart. Everybody say it with me. What? Clean hands. Let's try that again. What? Clean hands. David understood what God is longing for. Isn't it interesting how we make God's presence all about what we long for instead of what God longs for? There was a distinct manner in which we approach God. Clean hands. Clean hands is a sign of innocence and integrity. 
It is the removal of all guilt and shame. Really, the only possible way that we can receive clean hands when it comes to understanding Scripture is through the process of repentance. It is the washing of our lives, the washing of that, the guiltiness and the shame in our life. And, and we see it in Psalms 26.6. He says, I wash my hands in innocence, so I will go about your altar, O Lord. It is the removal of the stain of shame and guilt and sin in our life. If we want to approach God, we got to repent. But pastor, I thought, I thought we just come to God as we are. Who told you that lie? That is a lie straight from the pit of hell. Because God can't receive you as you are. It's impossible for God to receive you as you are. Because you're a sinner. You're wretched, you're filthy, you're dirty. And if God would receive you in your wretchedness, that would make him wretched. Because now God would be a conspirator. Now God would turn his head. He would turn his head and, and go, oh, no, 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 no. It's okay. Don't worry about it. We'll just, we'll just sweep that under the rug. So how does God deal with that? How does God deal with our sin? It's very clear. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. See, God understood. He could not receive us. We could not enter his presence in the midst of our wretchedness. So he made a way for us to be cleansed. It's called the cleansing of the blood of Jesus upon our life. That if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. That if we believe upon Jesus, we get washed. That we have been made new now. The old is gone and the new has come. You don't just say, well, I can approach God any way I want to. No, you approach him through Jesus. That's why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's not any old way you want. I, I can approach God whenever, however I want to. No. You need to be washed. You need to cleanse your hands. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Friends, repentance is key. Please hear me. Repentance is key to pursuing God's presence. But the second thing that we see is David gives us the second aspect of this, which is a pure heart. So just as clean hands are a sign of repentance, a pure heart is a sign of single, a single heart without mixture. A heart that seeks only the Lord and takes the Lord as his unique goal. It's to live in a relationship with God without mixture. Listen to Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are what? The pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are those who approach God with no mixture. When our heart is pure, the Lord is the one we seek. And the Lord becomes our goal. It's a single-mindedness toward God. Whatever has your affection will have your attention. Whatever has your affection will have your attention. What are you giving your hearts to? 
Last week I shared a passage and two weeks ago I shared a passage in Psalms 42, 1. It was written by the sons of Korah. And it says this, as the deer pants for, for water, so my soul pants or longs for thee. Oh God, my soul thirsts for you. When shall I come and appear before you? God, my heart longs for you. It's this incredible passion for God. But a lot of us, we want to pursue God, but we want to do it with a mixture, a, a double-mindedness. A heart that, that has affection here and a heart that has affection there. Can you imagine if one day I called my wife, who I made a covenant with, that I said, I'm married to you, that you are my one and only, and I called her and said, hey, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm going to be hanging out with my other girlfriend today. You know, I just, I just you know, I got, a, I got a whole lot of affection for a lot of people. And I begin to bring in my covenant relationship with my wife a mixture of affection. Then I begin to give my heart to other people. And a lot of us, we want God's presence, but we want to give our heart all, all over the place. We, want, we don't want to give our heart fully to God. We don't want to give our emotions and everything that we are to him. So we begin to live life with a mixture. I want a little bit of the world. I want a little bit of this other religion. I want a little bit of that other religion. I want, to, I want to believe this and believe that and experience this and experience that. But yeah, I want God's presence. No, you don't. No, no, no. You want what you want. Because God has laid before us a manner in which we approach him. You want the presence of God, but you want it what? On your terms and at your leisure. But then the last thing. Clean hands, a pure heart. And what is the last one? Who, do, who does not lift his soul to another. This is a call to single worship. This is a call. See, the first call was a call to a single heart toward God. Your emotions and all that you have. Your heart, your desire, your affection, your affection. But see, this is a call to your worship. This is an issue of devotion. See, idols symbolize the exalted things in our lives. Idols symbolize the exalted things in our lives. Things which hold us, or things which we hold in high esteem. That which we exalt, that which we exalt becomes the object of our affection. Which captures our attention. What's exalted in your life? See, God, isn't it interesting that the very moment that Moses is on the top of Mount Sinai meeting with God and receiving the Ten Commandments, the children of Israel are down the base of the mountain and they're worshiping an idol that they made. The, the, the stark contrast between the two, here's Moses meeting with God saying, God, I want to know your heart. God, I want to live according to your laws and your commands. But the other people are on the base of the mountain saying, we want to worship who we want to worship. We're going to choose to what we exalt in our life. And God lays before them a manner in which to approach them. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself and he carved images, things in the likeness, things either in heaven, above, or on earth, beneath, or under the water. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord God, 
am a jealous God. Can, I, can we just stop there for a moment? Can I explain something to you? God is not jealous of you. He's jealous for you. See, we got to get that mixed up. Some of you have been watching Oprah for too much, too, for far too long. Oprah thinks that God is jealous of her. No, no, no. God is jealous for her. Just as my wife has every, my wife has every reason to be jealous for my affection. She's not jealous of me. She's jealous for me. So that means she has every right to be mad at me if I decide, hey, I'm going to go spend time with this other hoochie mama. It would be against the covenant in which I have with my wife if I was to go and be with somebody else and be, become in covenant with someone else. I'm in covenant with my wife. And she'd have every right to be jealous for me if I went against my covenant. She better be angry. I can't... She, it would be weird. I'm just telling you, it would be weird if I came home and shut Hey, baby, where you been? Oh, I've been out with this other girl. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'd get a swift kick to the face if that was my answer, right? She'd be like, watch out! I, I definitely wouldn't be walking for a couple weeks. I, just, I will say that. See, God is a jealous God. He's not jealous of you. He's jealous for you. He wants you. He loves you. He is enamored with you. He loves to hear your voice. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are attentive to their prayers. He is madly, deeply, passionately in love with you. And it's so crazy because I'm like, God, really? Have you seen this? And he's like, Josh, I love you. Really? Like sometimes, can I just be honest? Sometimes I'm in awe of the fact that my wife, she is beautiful. And sometimes I, I'm just laying there, and I'm watching this woman sleep. And I look at her, and I go, how in the world did this happen? Holy moly. Wow. God, how did this happen? It's amazing. You see, because I, I realized that when I met my wife, I had an eight-pack. I was like, pick it a cat, get cow. Now I'm like, put out. <laughs> and I'm in awe that she would love me. Friends, I am in awe that God would love me. That he would, he would actually be interested in what I, what I say in my heart. God loves you. He's jealous for you. Because he understands covenant. He understands devotion. But too often we exalt other things in our lives. We want God on our terms, at our leisure. We don't want to wash our hands. We don't want to look at the, the manner in which God is calling us to approach him. And he's calling unto us. He says, come on, come, be with me. I've made a way for you to be washed. Deal with the mixture in our life. Deal with the things, the idols, which we've exalted. And you know, can I close with this? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, everybody say lay aside, every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, 
and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Friends, how are you, you going to deal with these weights? How are you going to deal with these things that you've been carrying for far too long? You don't have to carry it anymore. You're exhausted. Let it go. We've got we to deal with it. Some of you just need to unpack your bags and start traveling a little lighter. And, I, you know, I've realized that I had to do something. I got rid of, believe it or not, I got rid I'm actually living life without Instagram. It's amazing. I'm living life without Facebook. Can you believe it? It's, it's crazy. I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm like, hey, I think I just read the Bible. But you know, I've, I've had to do something. Because I look at the devices in my life. I look at the devices in my life and I realize that sometimes the only way I'm going to have what it takes to get into his presence. See, the way you deal with your weight will determine its hold on you. The way you deal with your weight will determine its hold on you. Will you keep flirting with it? Will you just say, well, you know, I'll just hold it off to the side and when it's convenient... We've got to get to a point where we decide my pursuit of him is more important. My passion for him is greater than my passion for my entertainment. My passion for him is greater than my passion for my recreation. My passion for him is greater than the size of my pectoral muscles. My passion... My passion for him is my ultimate desire. And I've got to make a choice to deal. I don't know if you guys are ready for this. Some of you guys are looking at me like, are you really going are, are really to do this? Some of you guys are going, oh, Pastor, I can have the screen. Are you one at home? How many of you guys are passionate about dealing with those weights? I need to hear you. Come on, are you passionate about dealing with those weights? No, I gotta hear you, come on. Can you stand to your feet if you are passionate about pursuing God and I want you to shout to him. I want you to lift up your voice and say, God, I need you. God, I'm desperate for you. I'm willing tonight to deal with the weight that so easily ensnares. I'm gonna do whatever it takes for God to pursue you, come on. Pastor, that was violent. You better believe it. I'm sick and tired of being hindered. I'm sick and tired of exalting other things. I'm sick and tired of letting the devil win. And I'm sick and tired of being hindered from the destiny and the purpose that God's called me to in his presence in which he has made available to me. Friend, will you pursue him with passion? Will you be like a David and said, my soul chases hard after you. I want everybody here to lift your hands to the Lord. Come on all over this house. Lord, we need you. God, forgive us for the times. Lord, forgive us for the times that we've 
We've settled to pursue you on our terms at our leisure. Or let us become passionate pursuers of your presence. Let us become men and women that will do whatever is necessary to take off the weights that so easily ensnare and to chase hard after you. Come, Holy Spirit. If you're here tonight, you say, Pastor, there's things in my life hindering me. Maybe it's a secret sin. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe for some of you, it's some of these things that I I said. Maybe some of you, it's your comfort or you're preoccupied or you're distracted. Whatever it may be, there's things in your life that are hindering you from God's presence and the destiny which he's called you to. Would you be so bold and just lift your hand just like this and just say, Pastor, pray for me. Come on. If that's you all over this house. Maybe for some of you, it's fear. You're preoccupied with other things. Come on, whatever it is, just lift your hands to the Lord. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to wash us and to deal with those things. Maybe some of you say, Pastor, I don't even know Jesus. This Jesus guy you're talking about, 2,000 years ago, a man named Jesus arrived on planet Earth. God in the flesh. He was born of a virgin Mary. And he was raised to live a perfect life. He did not sin. And he went to a cross and he paid the ultimate price, a price that none of us are able to or even willing to pay. And he died for us. He humbled himself. And he paid the price and the penalty for your sins so that you could be forgiven. And then three days later, He did the unthinkable, the unimaginable. He rose from the dead. And he's alive. And he has power over death, hell, and the grave. And if you're here tonight, please hear me. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I've never received Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I walk around with the stain of shame and guilt in my life. I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free from those addictions. I want to be healed. I want to be forgiven. Pastor, will you pray for me? We're going to say this prayer right now. And I believe tonight God's going to free people. I believe tonight those addictions, those things that have held you bound, those those things that have held you captive for far too long is going to be broken off your life, and you're going to know what it is to be free. You're going to know the incredible peace and joy of being forgiven. So can we say this prayer together all over this house? Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Remove the weight. Heal me, free me, forgive me. Jesus, I believe that you died for me, that you paid the price and the penalty for my sin so I could be forgiven. Jesus, I believe with all my heart that you are the risen Lord and I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give Jesus some praise all over this house? I hope the word encouraged you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the King Central Podcast. God bless you. Walk in power and walk in the fullness of that which God has given you.